Hi, this is Joe Montes. I'm a Mexican-American vegan chef, and I'm with SoFlow Vegans. Welcome to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. Today's guest is Joe Montes, a vegan Mexican-American chef that trained under some of the world's best chefs, including Matthew Kenny and Miguel Batista talks about his vegan journey, how hard work ethic helped him excel, and the vegan food scene in Los Angeles. This episode is brought to you by Milongo Herba Mate. They are a company based out of South Florida that provides a vegan herba mate that is CBD infused. Give it a try and save 15% using code SOFLOW15. Visit milongomate.com to purchase your tea today. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear our bonus spotlight song and learn more about how you can get involved with the SoFlow Vegans community. Hey everybody, welcome to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I am Sean Russell, your host, founder of SoFlow Vegans, and today we have a special guest. We have Joe Montez on the show. Hey Joe, what do you know? Hey, hey, hey. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for uh, holding space for me. So what I want us to do right off the bat is tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why we have you on this podcast. We don't just bring anybody on the podcast, you know, so why are you here with us today talking to the SoFlow Vegans community? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm currently a Mexican-American chef. Uh, coming from Laredo, Texas, um, currently in Los Angeles, and getting ready to do big things. And one of the things that we do to kick off the show is we have you share your vegan origin story. Because mm-hmm. the idea is that this may inspire people to be like, oh, wow, I just started my journey, and oh, look what he's been able to accomplish, and maybe some of the obstacles he came across. So what is your vegan origin story? Or let me tell you, it's different. Uh, It's not for the animals. It's not for the health. Um, Mine was for curiosity, actually. And so it all started in 2016 uh, when I had just came off uh, off duty and I came back home to Laredo, Texas. And uh, so I was... I was doing all the 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, triathlons. And uh, during one of the races, I got second place in my category. And and I came across this gentleman. uh, And he had told me, oh, I eat plants. I eat plants. And sure enough, uh, October 23rd, uh, that midnight, that's when I went vegan. So... It was just a guy like who, like, he just said he ate plants and that planted the seed, for, literally plant, like planted the seed for you and you were off to the races from there? Pretty much because I, uh, you know, I had done a course, a college course in college and it was uh, philosophy. And in order to argue effectively, I need to know both sides and I only knew one side. So I couldn't argue effectively with him unless I knew the other side. So that's why I made the transition. Wow, wow. Okay, so what were some of the obstacles that you came across 
when you first went? Because it sounds like, you know, you went vegan. Did you go vegan or vegetarian or you went straight oh, into vegan? Vegan overnight. Oh my gosh. And did you have any tips <laughs> or anything or has it like... No, I uh, I actually didn't I didn't know what vegan even meant at the time, you know, because my hometown is like all we eat is like meats and just meats and it's we have literally like barbecues, but over there we call them carnesadas like every weekend. Uh, so that's what we knew we were accustomed to. So. so, did you get any flack from your family and friends considering that's the culture? Yes, actually, uh, they were against me, and it, it was it was tough. Um, but then I started dabbing into uh, vegan cookbooks and uh, vegan websites, like blogs and more podcasts, and just informing myself um, day in day out. And I started actually cooking a little bit, not a lot as I do now, but uh, they were actually eating my food, and you know I was like, "What?" where's my food? You know, like I would make something and just leave it there. And like, they would just come and eat it. And I'm like, Oh, where's, where's mine? (laughs) (laughs) So then how did you, so this is probably a natural um, transition here. So like, how did you then decide that you want to be a chef? Like how, what brought you into that? Was that before you went vegan? Was that after take us to that journey? It, It was after actually. Um, and I was actually, it was a tragic event that had uh, that had happened in my family, and during the time, uh, I was already vegan for like had been vegan for like six months, um, but I was eating a lot of a bunch of processed and things that were not necessarily healthy for us. And uh, my grandfather was actually he had di- he had diabetes and he was ill at the time, and it was it was heartbreaking to see. Uh, him in the, uh, in the, you know, basically in his deathbed. And uh, he had gone to the hospital because we didn't know what to do with him. And turns out he wasn't getting any circulation um, because he had diabetes. He was not getting any circulation um, on his right leg. So they cut him three times. Uh, the first day, it was, le- it was legit like a Friday. Uh, they had cut his right foot off because his right foot wasn't getting any circulation. They had cut his foot off. And then the next day, they, you know, same thing was happening, but it came up his knee, but they cut his knee. And then the next day they cut his foot, like his whole right leg. And then after that, it was still going and they didn't know what to do with him. So they sent him home um, to my home, to my actual house. And three days later, he had passed. So take us through your thinking. So take us through your thinking now. You, you've, going through the, you've gone through this traumatic experience and now you're thinking... So it's, you know, what I, I mean, what I think, I think it's different. Um, like I think more long-term, um, although I was going through the motions at the time, I was, to me, I was just thinking like, how can I prevent this? Not only in my family again, but how can I use this to inspire others to help them and help their loved ones so no one ever feels this feeling that I feel right now. That's what was going on in my mind. So then what was the next step for you? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now may be interested in, you know, getting into the culinary arts. So how did you step into that after this experience? Yeah. So, I mean, at the time I was like, 
uh, in so much debt. And literally the day after we buried him, I got a call to go work at, you know, this company uh, just to do, you know, just just to get money, basically. Um, but the day after we buried him, the next day I had to start working. And I was working from 3 in the morning to 10 p.m. with a two-hour break in between. And it, it was it was tough. Um, but I was on my feet all, all day and basically by myself all day. So what I did at the time, I was using the, the time uh, to my advantage. And uh, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, and the way I got into it is I was hearing this Mexican podcast. And I saw and I heard uh, this chef, Chef Miguel Bautista. And I started following him on social media. And, and you know, I just started, I was already following him, right? And I was also doing some more research. And I came across uh, Plant Lab by Matthew Kenny. And that's how, you know, I started getting into, like, cooking. Because I was cooking at home. and. Yeah, like a lot of books and yeah, plan plan lab is <laughs> where I started. So you eventually then what's let's take us keep going through this journey. Like so you obviously are working on some big projects right now, but before we get mm-hmm. to that, it's like, did you actually get an opportunity to ever meet any of those individuals? Did you like <laughs> what's take us to yeah. that? Because that's huge. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh when I was like three months into the culinary uh, program, I actually met up with Chef Miguel, and I went to his pod, uh, his podcast. I went to one of his master classes, which was like two, three hours away from my hometown, and I ended up going like just on a whim, and I didn't know what I was walking into, and it turns out out of seventy people, I was the only guy, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. Uh, as soon as the, the class was over, I, you know, approached them and I gave them a gift and I had told them I want to work for him. Uh, like I was willing to work for free. And he's like, okay, come next week, uh, no, next month to um, Tulum, Mexico. And we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. And uh, sure enough, that's exactly what I did. And uh, he was actually surprised because he, ex- he was not expecting me to go. <laughs> he's like oh, come to the come to Tulum oh that get him off my case and then you go up there and you show him and it's like that's I mean that's huge that's very inspirational you know motivate motivational yeah inspirational because mm-hmm. it's like you want something you just go out and you you ask for it it either happens or it doesn't happen but you don't try you don't have that opportunity so that's like a testament to to that so then mm-hmm. what what happened from there like what did that lead to you know what how did what did that create for you yeah, so I was creating this momentum by myself, um, but at the time I was actually working a full time, a part time, and I was also traveling on my off days, like from those two main jobs, because those two main jobs were in the U.S. And the third part time was traveling all over Mexico with the chef. Um, basically, I wasn't getting paid as much, but I'm just grateful to even have the opportunity to travel with him and. I've gotten to meet uh, business owners, chefs from Mexico, like doing big things that are all vegan, by the way, because uh, he's vegan. <laughs> and yeah, like I got to travel all over Mexico for that one year. And 
I was blessed to even go to Ecuador uh, twice on a two-week tour over there with them. So what are some of the lessons that you learned during your time um, traveling and going to all these different destinations? What were some of the big takeaways that you gathered from that? Um, So for me, the big takeaways, um, and get as much sleep (laughs) because my only sleep came from like, like during transit, like in trains, buses, airplanes, airports. And we all know we don't get the best sleep there. Um, But not only that, but also have time to study the material, like either that you're training or that you're about to give a speech on. Uh, Because I was getting them like on the bus rides. Like I couldn't even sleep on the bus rides because I was literally like going through all the recipes, memorizing all the recipes, Mm -hmm. reverse engineering how everything goes and just like, how plating, how execute, where to get this, where to get that. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, so you had these experiences. You're traveling across Mexico. You're honing your craft. And now let's take us to the point where you start having these ideas to create these programs and these curriculums. Or, or let me know if there's something in between that. But mm-hmm. take us through how did you get to that point? Yeah. Um, so after the first time we came back from Ecuador, I was like, you know what? Because the chef was telling me all the stories about how he uh, was working with these great chefs, like when he was coming up. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to because I was like, I want to work for a chef. I want to work for somebody and actually be in a kitchen because back in my hometown, I was not in a kitchen. I was just, you know, making money, making ends meet. So I just you know, grabbed all the money that I have, all my things, and I just drove to Los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have a housing like job lined up or anything. I just seven hundred bucks, and I just came over here, like just with that. <laughs> wow! And you know, so what drove you? I mean, not you know, not literally, but like what drove you to do that and, and feel like everything was going to be successful. I mean, I, th- I would feel other people would probably panicking and stressed out and feeling sick. So what, how did you get through it? Yeah. Well, it's because in my hometown, I, I felt like people were seeing me almost as if like, I'm have this futuristic thinking and whatnot so i was just like you know what like i need to go and be in an environment where i don't think i know more than people or i know like the future i just want to be ahead with the times or be with the times you know and la was the best place that i knew that you know are with the times and they're leading like veganism and like in the u.s so that's what drove me you know so did you, did any opportunities open up for you when you're in LA? Like, so take us through, like you're in LA now, you're in like the, the epicenter of the U.S. <laughs> vegan community now. So, you know, what's, what happens from this point? Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had a few days to, you know, kind of scope out or like do some research and see what restaurants I actually wanted to work in. and. I was like, okay, plant food and wine. 
So what I did, I went to a, uh, I went to a library, fixed my resume, print it out, make it look nice. And I just, you know, I went, I walked in there and I was like, Hey, are you guys hiring? And, you know, at first they told me no. And then I was like, okay. And then I sat there, just talked to the bartender. And then I guess the chef saw my resume. And then like five minutes later, I'm sitting down with the chef and she's like, great. When can you start? And I was like, I have my knives, have my backpack. I can go right now. She's like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can come tomorrow at 3 p.m. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, yeah, that's where I started. <laughs> and then, so you say, you say that's where you started. So mm-hmm. were there other, other places that you went to? Any other um, adventures, I want to say, that you mm-hmm. embarked on while in L.A.? Yeah, well, in L.A., so there at Plant Food & Wine, I was working. So that first day, I, I was scheduled from 3 to like 7 or something. And then, then the following day, I was supposed to work from like 3 to like 10.30 or something. I showed up at seven in the morning. Um, but, and then it just, you know, I, I just worked off the clock. And the reason I was doing that was because uh, Chef Miguel was calling me. He's like, hey, we need you to come to Ecuador in like three weeks. And mind you, I had just came to LA and I just got this job. And in the restaurant industry, you don't get vacation or anything like that. And so I was working so hard uh, to the point that the chef pulled me in and she's like, okay, what do you want? What is it you want? You know, cause I was out working everybody. I was always there and like helping out and learning everything. And, and I was like, honestly, I was like, I work with a chef in Mexico and he invited me to go to Ecuador. And it's a huge opportunity that I don't want to lose. And like, sure enough, like they gave me two weeks off. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. yes. Uh, then I went to Ecuador for two weeks, came back. Everybody was thinking, oh, he's going to work. He's going to be slower. He's going to be, you know, he's not going to want to work here anymore. You know, I came back the same day I landed. I went straight to work. Wow. And I was working even harder and even faster than everybody. And, you know, uh, that landed me a, uh, a, another position uh, to open up a restaurant in Long Beach. Uh, it's called Hungry Angelina. So sorry, say that one more time. Your, your the feet broke up a little bit. Yeah. So when I came back, I was working super hard. And I was like going super hard and working super hard uh, to the point that I uh, got a promotion, got an offer to open up another restaurant uh, from Matthew Kenny. Mm. And to be not only a line cook, but as a sous chef. And for, for those of us who aren't super familiar with sous chef, maybe our, our reference is Ratatouille. What is, what is a sous chef? <laughs> a sous chef is the second in command in the kitchen. Okay, wow. So that's, this, is a, this is a huge deal at yes, a Matthew Kenny restaurant. Yes. So it was, you know, it only took me like eight months. Um, the only reason it took me... Eight months. I could have done it in six, but the restaurant wasn't done. Uh, so I had, I had to wait a little bit for that. But eight months is still pretty fast, um, especially to come up in the ranks. Because usually to become a sous chef, you need like years and years of experience as a line cook. And 
you need to be well known in the industry and you know i was just blessed with this opportunity so i said why not like but how much would you say the your experience because you've you had a lot of varied experience i'm sure um i would assume that a lot of chefs don't come in with you know touring with these master chefs that are out here and mm-hmm. having the resume being at the plant food and wine and all these different opportunities that you've earned you know mm-hmm. definitely listening to your story there's a common thread there is like you work your butt off to get mm-hmm. to where you are and then you get the rewards that come with that so you're at this matthew kenny restaurant and you know what's what what happens next for you so after that um so my whole reason to come to la was to you know work for one year and within that one year just get as much experience and then just stop everything and go to school after that one year to become a resident of california and as soon as i hit the year mark in la uh ucla was calling me uh to be their executive sous chef which is the second in the whole university and that was going to be like a huge pay jump so I was already planning. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna leave this current job so I can just go over there. And sure enough, COVID happened and, uh, you know. Oh man. So, okay. So, wow. I mean, this is, you're, you're not an old dude, man. You're, you're, you're a young guy and it's like, you had a really great, resume working all these different chefs and and accomplishing these different feats so let's take us now into something i really want to find out about because it's something that's near and dear to what we're doing in community and supporting these restaurants like you have this this initiative that you're that you're working on that's just out there tell us a little bit about it and how you're working out to support restaurants yeah so Right now, what I want to, uh, I'm starting to get into uh, consulting uh, to help either non-vegan restaurants implement a vegan restaurant or vegan restaurants um, find a more efficient way to do uh, business, you know, more creating like systems, more in the back end. Um, Because I honestly want vegan restaurants to be everywhere. And not, not only to be everywhere, but to be fast and efficient. Um, so it keeps um, people coming back, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then is this something that you only could do in person or like somebody's listening to this from South Florida and they want to get some consultation? Is something you can do um, through Zoom or through oh, digital? I'll fly, I'll fly out. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Sounds in line. Sounds in line with with your character. You, you, it takes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So, give me some examples. Like, what are some of the things that you are doing or have done for some of the restaurants you've consulted? What are some like typical scenarios? Well, for me, it's just listening to the client and what the client needs. Um, but you know, basically, not only that, but also seeing what is actually happening. Um, because sometimes they don't align, you know, and what I do is just, I shine light to both ends and then I, you know, I come up with a solution right here, like in the middle. So it works for everyone, uh, everybody. Um, 
but yeah, it, 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 it alters, it differs from restaurant to restaurant, you know, cause some people might want to franchise. Um, some people just want to create like stability and just, you know, keep everything the same or consistent consistency. Um, it just, it's different for everybody. Okay. So let's go a little bit into a topic. I know you are excited about talk about the food. Now let's mm-hmm. talk about the Mexican cuisine because I'm hearing that you're, you're, you're tearing it up over there in LA. <laughs> so what makes Mexican cuisine, Mexican cuisine versus, you know, other types of Latin inspired? Well, it, it's all, it's on the spices, really. Like the chiles, chile secos, like the sauces. And man, honestly, rice and beans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And what's, what, what are some of your go-to, like what would you be your signature dish and describe it for us? Start salivating. <laughs> well, it's funny um, because most chefs do have like a signature dish. However, I do feel that if you do execute a signature dish in the winter, it's not the same in the summer. So I just go off the seasons and how I'm feeling that day and how, um, what's in, what's in, uh, what's in season. Uh, if it's raining outside, you know, stuff like that. I just go day by day and play it by, you know, by the heart. That's (laughs) right too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So let's say, so let's say today, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the weather is like where you are right now. So what would you, if you were on the line right now and you're, I'm, make, I'm using these terms like I know what I'm talking about. So just bear with me here. <laughs> That's you're <okay>. on the <laughs> line. Um, um, what would you say you would cook for, for me if I came in and said, all right, surprise me? So I would probably do a, uh, like a watermelon gazpacho, but a, a yellow watermelon gazpacho because right now it's kind of warm and it's like, Watermelons in season, so that that's what that's probably what I would do. Like uh, watermelon gazpacho, like a yellow watermelon. <laughs> Have you ever had water yellow watermelon? I don't think I've had yellow watermelon before. Yeah. Or gazpacho. <laughs> gazpacho is a, is a cold soup. Okay, that's it. That's what I thought it was. That's what yeah. I thought it was. And what's your what's your favorite dish to make for yourself when you're home? Uh, when I'm just cooking for myself, man, I just keep it simple, man. Honestly, beans and rice and a tortilla. That's it, man. <laughs> Are you the type of person that can eat the same thing day oh, yeah. after day? Yeah. I mean, I grew up eating rice and beans with tortillas. So it's just like, to me, it's just another day, you know? Mm-hmm. I always have to have beans uh, here at my house. So. And um, what are, are you using any specific types of beans or do certain beans work with certain dishes or it's just like, man, beans, I, beans are beans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's awesome. So take us into a little bit of what are some of your inspirations? Obviously you've worked with some amazing talent, but like what kind of gets you going and keeps you going? Like what is, what is your North star to keep you focused on what's next for you? Cause like I said, you're still a young still a young person and you have a lot of road ahead of you, but you have accomplished a lot. So what keeps you moving forward? Man, what keeps me moving is my family. Um, because without them, like, although they didn't support me when I moved to LA, um, they were actually calling me. They're like, Hey, come back home. You have nothing over there. Just come back home. And I was just like, 
I'm not coming back home unless I make it, you know? Um, but yeah, not my family because, you know, my grandfather, he, you know, I mean, I didn't have a father figure. I didn't have a father, excuse me, uh, growing up. So he played that role um, as a father figure for me uh, growing up. And I mean, I learned a lot from him. And it's funny how life works because uh, I was growing up and he was taking care of me. Um, but when I came back from, from Alaska, I was in the military, by the way. Uh, I came back when he was ill and I had to take care of him. So, um, that's what keeps me moving, honestly, is to never feel that pain again. <laughs> and, and by the way, I, I meant to say it earlier, thank you for your service. And during your time in the military, did that impact anything that in, in your, the way that you kind of carry yourself or how you were, how you acted as a chef? Did that have any influence? Oh, of course. I mean, the military and the kitchen, um, they have their common things. Like, for example, the brigade system, like the ranking system, you know, like you start at the bottom of the totem pole, then you work your way up. Um, but, you know, in the military, you have to treat yourself as such, like as a professional, as a leader, and you're always like a leader. So I took that same mentality of, leadership and of execution level of detail to attention uh, attention to detail um, to the kitchen and that has helped me immensely so we're going to wind down the podcast right now so around this time i would anything that we didn't touch on that we didn't talk about that you want to plug or let our community know about this is your opportunity and then we have one more follow-up question after yeah yeah um, so I want to like eventually open up my own restaurant. Um, but this restaurant can be completely different from the others. Um, one, it's going to be a vegan restaurant, you know, uh, from scratch, completely from scratch, like from seed. Uh, we're going to be growing everything, uh, zero waste. Uh, gonna have like a huge like Kangen machine inside the restaurant. We're gonna be collecting rainwater. The wind power is gonna come from the uh, or the energy is gonna come from the wind. We're gonna make our own salts, our own oils, our own vinegars, our own flowers for every dish, and it's gonna be like fine dining. However, it's gonna be a nonprofit, so I'm not gonna be asking a lot for these dishes so like if you were to go to like 11 madison park or like a two three star uh, michelin star dinner that's like we're talking like thousands of dollars um but yet i'm i want to make it accessible to the public and, and where are you thinking of having this the location is still to be determined but i want to do it somewhere either in mexico or south america or that i just want to start it there but I do want to make it into like a uh, a nonprofit that's going to expand all over the world. And if you're ever thinking of shopping locations, <coughs> South Florida, um, you know, <laughs> it was, 
We're definitely we're definitely an entry point into South America, so you'll get so many people coming through. So just we'll talk offline if you you want to you want to you know look at some location. But, uh, <laughs> let everyone know where they can find more information about you and stay in touch with what you have going on. Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Montes underscore. And um, the last question is not really a question. It's um, I like to give our guests the last say on the podcast and it's essentially an opportunity for you just to say whatever on your heart any message you want to communicate to the community this would be your your opportunity and when you're done that will be the end of the podcast okay um so basically if you have a dream like there's going to be a lot of people that say no to you even if it's family you don't just go for it, you know, just block them out and just stay focused and just believe in yourself. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast with Sean Russell.
thank Joe Montez for being a guest on our show. You can follow him at Joe Montez underscore on Instagram. The song you heard today was called Animal Kingdom by none other than Prince. To find ways you can support SoFlo Vegans, go to SoFloVegans.com slash support. To hear past episodes and subscribe to our podcast, go to SoFloVegans.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can hear future episodes in advance by becoming a member at SoFloVegans.com slash community. Today's episode was produced and edited by Sean Russell. To become a sponsor, please visit SoFloVegans.com slash promo for more details.